Welcome to Black Man in a White World, where we talk about me, a black man, in this crazy white world. Oh, we're going to get to that. See, I'm going to talk about arts and entertainment, but oh, we're going to touch on that too. Okay, go off. All right. Hey everybody, this is Mike and his white roommate Grant. And today we're going to talk about the art of role playing. Ooh. The not so fun kind. The roles we play in society. And the fun kind. The roles we play in our video games. Woohoo! And we're going to finish off with the cultural phenomenon that have changed the roles that we are allowed to play. Ooh, who do I get to be? The racist. Oh, damn it, again? Yep. All right. Well, let's get it on. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so. Beyonce is not even African-American. She's actually faking this for exposure. Her real name is Anne-Marie Latrassi. She's Italian, and this is all part of the Soros Deep State agenda for the Black Lives Matter movement. Beyonce, you are on notice. What? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not coming from me. Apparently, there's this guy named K.W. Miller who's running for Congress in Florida. Of course, Florida, because they have the cream of the fucking crop. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he said that Beyonce is not African American. She's actually Italian, and her name is Anne Marie Latrassi. But okay, so so what is how if she's not actually African American, she's just really tan? Is that what he's saying? I guess I didn't. I think you can be. I didn't. I don't know. Can't you be both? A, like a black also, Italian? Yeah. I who guess would choose Beyonce as their fake name? Anyway, um, well, I mean, I would if it wasn't cultural appropriation. He even says that apparently she is uh, referring to a Soros operative named Becky Hodge when he says, you better call Becky with the good her. So he listened to the lyrics of Lemonade wow. and he's, he's dissecting it. And what else did he say? He also said Patti LaBelle is part of the Illuminati. Because in 1991, she had the lyrics, I'm under your spell. I don't want to break free. We can make, or you can make a slave out of me. I worship you and nobody else. Mm-hmm. The song clearly admits that she was demonic and that she worshiped in the Satanist churches located in Alabama and Louisiana. Oh, that's Beyonce. He's talking about Beyonce now. Oh, okay. Now, yeah, he's talking about Beyonce. I get, okay, cool. And she also keeps Satanist symbols in her bag. <laughs> I guess that makes sense though, because Hillary Clinton says she also keeps them in her bag. Oh, I see. So he's drawing connections, like between yeah. the Clinton, Soros, Beyonce trifecta, or sorry, Marie and yeah, Anne Marie Latrassi. Latrassi. Mm-hmm. Latrassi just sound, that sounds like a supervillain name. I've never even heard an Italian person with the last name Latrassi. He didn't came up with a whole new Italian name. Yeah, Latrassi. It sounds made up. It sounds like out of a spy novel. Like, well, he also says that in the Satanist formation song, Beyonce shouts out black Bill Gates in the making. And here's why this is a problem, because consequently, in 2020, we see the Black Lives Matter movement terrorizing the country, (laughs) (laughs) just terrorizing, terrorizing the country at the same time Bill Gates pushes a covid vaccination. Oh, I see. Yeah, so, so the black Bill Gates, because she's the black, and then the Bill Gates is the Bill Gates. Yeah, the evil and deep state conspiracy. Them together, yeah. Yeah. Or is, is Bill Gates deep state? I get him confused. 
Oh, he's Illuminati. That's just, that's like, you know. Are they the same thing? The Illuminati and the Deep State? Well, which one does Trump think he's Are y'all the same thing? Can y'all send me a tweet or something? Yeah. FBI listening. Can you clear this up for us? I'm confused. Uh, Also, apparently she was getting the ladies in formation four years ago. And he's like, why? This guy is, (laughs) he has, he has figured it all out, apparently. He's just so good. Because he, is this, this is a bit? Is he doing a bit? No, he's legitimately running for Congress. So this is a legitimate politician, and this is a legitimate political stance. Yeah. He, I mean, he's also part of the, you know, the QAnon and all that stuff. Oh, right. So, you know, George Soros, it's like a huge, they all think that everything, you know, Democrats are all part of the deep state. The leftist cabal. Deep mm-hmm. state leftist cabal, yeah. Yeah. And, you huh. know, and, and the Republicans, who are so nice... And treat everyone so fairly. They're not part of any deep state or bad. I remember as uh, our, our dear friend with the box told us, you know, all the Republicans freed the slaves, so therefore they're all good for life. Oh, my God. I'm upset. <laughs> but I guess when you live in Florida, that is the role you have to play. Yeah. I, I, he's just real. He's mastered the art of his his particular brand, his particular role. And... I think that that naturally transitions well into what we want to talk to, about today, which is role-playing. 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 Like, not in the games. bedroom. Not in the bedroom. Okay. Not tabletop games. We're talking about... So we can put the ammo beads away. <laughs> put the whips and the chains. No oh, one's playing well, that type of role-playing. I mean, the whips and the chains might still be out, because America's tripping. That's true. You need so. to put those away, away. Like, throw them out. Yeah. Completely get rid of them. But, um, so, you know, on that same line of thinking, Mike, I sent you a text earlier this week, and um, I more or less asked you, like, what do you think about the idea that we all play different roles in our lives, and in, in different, um, and we take on different roles when we are, you know, having different relationships, whether it's, like, when you're in the workplace, whether you're with friends, whether you're with family... I mean, this is kind of like an obvious thing that everyone knows that they do, but, you know, just thinking of it, taking a step back and obviously like you have your, your, um, you know, your go-to personality traits that you, you know, admire and and try to like throw out to the world. But then there's also the things that are like kind of deeply held within you that are just kind of like things that you've learned along the way or, or talking points that you get. And, and my idea was, you know, we all play different roles in our lives and the characters we cast ourselves as depends entirely on the other members of the ensemble. You know, some roles we choose for ourselves while others are chosen by society um, and, you know, divide down even further depending on who you're playing against. So, for example, um, you know, some roles we choose for ourselves might be like, you know, kind of like our outfits and, and, you know, the person we try to be, whether we be hipster, whether we be emo, punk, prep. I mean, those are just like fashion statements but then like they also come with these kind of like pre-composed like identities with them um then there's the roles that are chosen by society which is like cops and robbers republicans or democrats and then who you're playing against i mean it's the good cops versus the bad cops it's the activists versus like the bigots it's the social justice warriors versus like the cynical talk show hosts the the, the guys that's like oh i'm just saying versus like the why can't we all just get along type people you know there's there's, there's all these like kind of roles that we fall into and uh, I wanted to get your take on that and what you thought about that as a concept. Uh, well, I guess off this first like point, well, first we should clarify that 
when he says sent me a text, he makes it sound like he sent me like a sentence. No, this motherfucker sent me a whole story. I hit was pages and shit. I was turning, I was licking my thumb and turning the text and shit to the next page. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think off of this first point, yeah, I I I feel like I I get that there are these different roles that we do play. I will say though, immediately when I hear this. That I'm like, yeah, cool. I do play a lot of those roles and might have those at some point in my life, but all of them have black before them. Mm. So, like, I could be the black emo kid in my high school. I could be the black prep. I can be a black Republican or, you know, a black Democrat. And if I was a good cop or a bad cop, I'm a good black cop or a good or a bad black cop. Right. So. There's that, there's that identifier. Right yeah, so I feel it. like there's these, so, like, What's the difference between, like, is that also a role that I'm playing by being a black person? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, obviously, I think, like, like there are certain things that are, like, quantifiable as identity. And it's like, you can't take that away, right? But some people identify with the roles that they play. And I think that's when, like, you fall into, like, I'm a screenwriter. I identify as a screenwriter. Or, or just more generally, writer. I identify as a writer. So things that are writerly tropes... Like, I don't know, talking about roles and how it affects people's, you know, psychology um, is something that you then fall into and, and, and you know, perpetuate. Kind of like lines in a play. Okay. But I, what if, I feel like, just like you're saying lines in a play, if I was to play shake in a Shakespeare role that's not Othello, I would automatically be, oh, he's a black guy playing Romeo. Not he, I'm playing Romeo. I'm not just Romeo. But see, is that is that society casting you as that, or is that does that have to be a hundred percent that that's what what the role like the, the, does the role have to change whether you're black? No, or the role white, doesn't like, change, but it will change visually no matter what because the way our society is. True. We can't. I don't, I feel like I can't just take. I can't turn that off. So I I I, I guess I kind of more or less like I I see where you're coming from, but I have to disagree that we like we play these roles intentionally i guess i don't know because i don't i don't feel like i play them intentionally i don't feel like i choose to have these roles and some of these roles sounds like things that people choose like hipster emo punk prep republican democrat like i don't i might have i might think about some of those things but i don't think i get to play those as often as i would like i feel like it might be a white person thing Mm. like you get to start off as neutral so you get to you know when you're playing your character selection, you get to like select all these cool different jobs. And I'm like, my first job, I get a, I get a designated job no matter what, what minute I'm born in America. Damn man. Being a black man. I mean, I can't dispute that, but I still think that beyond the, the, you know, that default, that there's, that there's still role playing that we all play. Like even you in, you know, certain friendships, certain dynamics, you know, there's, you, you play different roles depending on, who you're talking to. And what are, I mean, what are those? Cause I, I mean, I feel like, honestly, I feel like I play one role. I play the black friend to most of you guys. Yeah. But, but that even, even the black friend role changes depending on what type of friend you're talking to. Does it? I, I always thought so. But it doesn't feel like that to me. Like I feel like if, unless it's like a black another black friend I'm talking to then yes I'm talking to it's a black friend talking to a black friend so there's probably a lot of things that we can get along on or I don't have to give further explanation but whether it's you or whether it's 
you know, another white guy I went to school with or something like that, or even like an Asian friend of mine or something, I feel like I end up playing the same role, which is that's why I always refer to myself as a token black guy. Well, as much as I hate it, right. I feel like that is the role I have to, I, that I end up playing because that's what it is. I'm the only black guy in that room at the time. So I don't think that gets to change very often. I don't, I don't think I get to put on another hat. Hmm. Unless, you, unless you're seeing something that I don't see. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard for me to quantify because I think that there's like, you know, there's obviously like the roles that we play and then there's maybe like the, the, the ways that we change our behavior. Like, two, like, you know how two different actors would play a part differently, you know, whether it's, you know, Brad Pitt playing Shakespeare or let's say like Denzel Washington playing Shakespeare. They're going to play the character differently. They're going to, they're going to act it differently. Yes. So, so there is, there is the behavior that changes. And I think that the roles that we will play, like, I, I'm going to speak for myself for a second. Yeah, I definitely do think that as a white person, like, I have a, a lot more opportunity to, um, well, first of all, if this was Hollywood, I would have a lot more opportunity for roles, um, just in general, because of racism and how that affects Hollywood. Um, although that's changing, thankfully. But even in my life, like, I get to play a different role you know, depending on the circumstance without there being maybe as much preconceived casting in mind. That's definitely true. And so maybe I'm coming from it from a perspective of where I, I, I also see that in other people when maybe they don't, they don't feel that they have that same opportunity. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe, I mean, maybe you have some enlightened, like, view of me or perspective of me because we know each other for a long time and you're like oh i see mikey's playing the screenwriter role right now or he's playing the improviser role or you know the manager or whatever job or you know uh extracurricular thing that i do but i think that's what you may perceive or see but how i feel inside or how the general public may perceive me i don't think it changes very often i would love for it to change I would I would love for be able to to roll switch, but I feel like the problem that I run into with most jobs or most circles is that I end up playing that same role that I have to dig myself out of, where I come in and I try to be responsible and respectable, but it's immediately perceived as being standoffish and an asshole just because I want to follow the fucking rules and not have HR department, you know, like fire me because right. I because I go by the book, I come off as a dick instead of responsible. If I don't, if I, and then, then when I do make jokes, then I come off as silly and irresponsible. And then if I, you know, like say no to something that may be offensive or like a job or task that I don't want to do, like, oh, I'm not going to fucking like mop the fucking floor right now. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not going to scrub the floors. Like I've been doing this for 15 years or something. You know, I'm, I'm talking about specific situations. Yeah. I come off as lazy when like. It's my. It's probably something I shouldn't actually be doing. It's like I feel like I feel like I'm always constantly in a courtroom, and I'm trying to defend myself and defend my roles. I don't. But like, this, this isn't something I'm celebrating. Life. Damn. Yeah. I mean, that makes me think about you know times that you know I've played roles that I don't want to play, and I feel like sometimes you know you 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 fall into different roles depending on the situations that you're in. So you're different with your white friends than you are with me. No, not at all. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like. Though I do think that there is a difference between, like, say you're with a, a certain group of people and another group of people. And I think, yeah, like, the role that, like, I, like speaking for myself, like, 
there are some groups of people where I'm like the jokey guy and I just like make jokes out of everything and I'm kind of just like that's my that's my role that I play and then there's other groups like I would say like when I'm talking to you or people who I'm like closer with like I have much more deeper conversations and I feel like that's more in, in line with who I am but then also we'll throw in jokes in the middle of it just because you know we're comfortable with each other um but I do notice that I'll play those two different type of roles depending on the situation well see I feel like that is more just like emotions or like change of demeanor. And I feel like everyone does that. I, in any type of conversation, like I feel like there might be a specific instance where you are a little more comedic with certain friends or you're a little more serious or maybe more thoughtful or something or introspective. But I think at the end of the day, everyone does that and it's very interchangeable in conversation and throughout the day, it's not, I don't think it's something like a specific role that you play and you're like, I'm going to be the funny guy with these friends. Well, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that is the case for you. Yeah. I think, I think that what I'm talking about and there, there's levels to this, but like my idea is that like the role that you play, some are ones that you choose and that's maybe, maybe that's behavior and not a role. And there's some that you don't choose, which is like what we were talking about a minute ago. That's kind of just like an inherent set of behavior like like and dialogue and character tropes that all fall into a preconceived pattern you know like like lines in a play like you fall into these like we have we get these talking points when we have political discussions you know it's like where do they come from they come from these archetypes that we're pulling it from i guess i just i i'm feeling like i'm just completely against the idea of roles because i feel like when you come to the idea of, of having a role, those are the people who are like, oh, I'm a Republican, so therefore I must like Trump and I must be like basically racist. Yes, people do that though. And that's stupid. You're a dumbass. I'm sorry. I don't, and if you're listening to this and you might be one of those people, I'm going to say, yeah, you're kind of an idiot because just because you have to have one little tick or one little checkbox, like, oh, I checked off Republican, doesn't mean you have to check off all 200 other problematic ass boxes. Like, you can be a Republican and not. Uh, support Trump. You can be someone who is very religious and also be pro-choice. Uh, like, it doesn't, I don't understand why it's one or the other. Like, who, what kind of caveman-ass logic are we living in that it's a yes or no? Like, we talked about this so many times between each other, like, yeah. that it, it, it everything shouldn't be on a binary. And that's why I don't, I feel like I'm not really into the idea of roles because they're, they're basically acknowledging your stereotype and then living by the stereotype. Yeah, but I think, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think some people do that, whether they do it knowingly or not, you know? And they shouldn't. Yeah. So, like, what if we realize that these roles that are picked out by some, like, outdated director you don't even know <laughs> and whose work you, like, don't like? Like an like, old school ass, like, Cecil B. DeMille. <laughs> yeah, like, or, or, like, even less well-known, you know? Like, just some guy who directed, like, the third installment of some sequel, like, Mel Gibson sequel, you know? And it's, like, that's the guy that picked up these roles for everyone, and we've just been, like, remaking the movie again and again and again. What if we decide to stop playing them? Like, that's what I want to think, think about. Like, let's look at the role of the police. And, th- and this, is, this is something I texted you, so I'll just kind of read from it for a second. The role of police officer is not actually a healthy one for the person playing the cop, right? Cops have a large number of suicides. Um, they have a, there's a huge risk involved to their safety. Um, you know, there's, there's a huge you know, risk for uh, domestic violence as well. I know they take their aggression now that they have pent up that they're not able to deal with on their spouses or sometimes the people they're sworn to protect, whether it's out of fear or ignorance or hatred or some cocktail of all three. 
you know, this role is designated by society because other people get designated the role of criminals. And yes, people playing the role of criminals can be dangerous, but they're usually playing the dangerous part because something is deeply wrong in their life. They need counseling, they need financial assistance, they need attention, they need to matter. The role that they play is usually not one that they choose willingly, but they're cast as this character by us. And as we all know, you know, people of color and generally, and black people in particular, are cast as this character without even agreeing to audition, right? Like, Yeah. We, well, I've talked about this a lot that I'm just tired of being cast as Shrek. And mm. if you've seen the movie Shrek, he lives in a swamp. He tries to he tries to make he made the swamp his home, which and ideally I would say is technically like the ghetto or uh, impoverished area that black people were pushed over into, whether it be a couple decades ago or two hundred years ago. But so Shrek lives in that swamp. But because the prince or whatever, the guy who's wealthy and wants a lot of money, he wants to get his princess or whatever, he goes to hire Shrek to go rescue her and because he thinks that, oh, he's a big, huge monster, so he can, he can successfully do it, but treats him as a big, huge monster. That's the whole reason why he hired him to begin with, because he is an ogre, which is what I feel like most of the time. If I get hired for a job, it's because I'm the ogre, because like, oh, we need a black guy. That's why we specifically hired you. We didn't hire you for your credibility or for your resume or for your qualifications. We hired you to fill a quota. Mm. Then... After I go and save the princess, do all this shit like that, I'm still an ogre the whole time. I'm still a monster. I'm still treated like that. And then everybody, you know, I'm going to come with their pickets and um, their torches and stuff. And and then, like, uh, basically still treat me like a monster. So that's why I feel like even though I may be the hero of the story, I'm the hero of the story because I'm a monster who rose from the ashes and, and against all odds, successfully, like, you know, saved the day. That's, it makes me frustrated because I, I don't want to play that. Like, why can't I have the cool-ass origin story where, like, <laughs> like you know, like I was an alien from another planet, and then I was taken in and raised by, you know, some parents who found me on a farm, and then I became, you know, a famous writer, and, like, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about Hercules to now for some oh, reason. See, Hercules would be great. I think, I think the story of Hercules, his origin story, well, the Disney one. I'm yeah. not talking about the real one because we ain't got time for that. Yeah, we're talking about Disney. The Hercules. Disney one because the Disney one's cuter and sweeter and beautiful. Um, <laughs> we're not getting into the grungy, real-ass fucking Greek mythology. Yeah. But in the Disney story version, he like still has his godlike powers just a little bit because you know he almost got killed by his uncle. But then he uh, gets raised by another family and on on the earth or whatever and then like he works hard enough to become a god again so he can go back and be with his family basically the same exact storyline as Lion King but <laughs> <laughs> like crazy uncle tried to kill him didn't kill him he came back fucked his uncle up and then took it over Pretty but uh, yeah it's, it's like the same exact thing yeah but I that origin story would be amazing but I don't get that I get I get the I, I might, you know, all black men and all black people have their different origin stories, but unless we specifically write it out for people or tell people, have a movie about it, have a book about it, or be <laughs> on television or something, no one knows and kind of they already create one for us. Yeah. Sometimes I actually feel like when people find out that I'm from the suburbs and that I came from like a, a fairly affluent area and stuff like that, they're like, oh, he ain't black, black because... You know, I don't like I, my, both of my parents are still together. There's, you know, there's no uh, dr- jail or drugs involved. Well, I guess there kind of was. We should this this makes me want to go. We should go into like 
origin stories. I guess we can do that later. Mm. But yeah. for this particular topic and what you're you're talking about right now, I feel like cops actually sometimes end up falling into the same problem that black people do. And this is something that I brought up before in the past is that cop, I feel bad for sometimes for cops. Because sometimes you don't want to be labeled as this. You don't want to be labeled as the, the guy who's aggressive and abusive and suicidal and has a, a superiority complex and hates black people and wants to kill unarmed black men and women. And you're like, you're also, they end up being turned into a monster. So it's like literally two monsters. It's like fucking Mothra and Godzilla or whatever. I don't know. You know, Mecha Godzilla having to fight each other over the fucking city. Yeah. The difference is the city pays Godzilla, you know, $3 billion to fight Mothra. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Godzilla has a bigger budget. Yeah. uh, (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. it's like basically just two big ass monsters. It's King King Kong and Godzilla fighting over the city and destroying the city. They both are monsters. They both have different roles. One is sometimes it's hired to save the world, but half the time he's destroying it. So Damn. Yeah, yeah, it just sucks. It's like at, that's at some point cops and black people got to be like, hold on, pause, let's rewrite this whole thing. Yeah. We should we should defund and deconstruct the the prejudices and the perception of black people. Get rid of that shit. Mm-hmm. Whatever we usually thought about black people and whatever we thought about uh, people of color, throw that shit away. How the structure and the systems of the, uh, the police force and police unions and how that is set up and what they actually do for our city and how they operate within our city, throw that shit away. Rewrite it and let's redo it. Yeah. Like, don't, nobody's saying eradicate it and, eliminate, and like kill and eliminate. And, you know, like, I think it's just like you there got to fix it. There are some people who it sounds like that's what they're saying. And that's well, where. Well, they ain't crazy. I know. But that's the thing is there are crazy people on, on, on the spectrum. But yeah, I agree completely. And it's like, like, because this is a perfect example, the police and police unions and the, the system around policing is a role that they have built up and they say, this is exactly how you have to play this character. And there's so much like material out there that's like telling people how this works or, or lying to people about how this works in the media. Like, think about all the cop shows. Think about all the cop movies. Everything that's always about the police and, and this, like, mythology that's been built up about the, the what the character of a cop is. You know, even good cops and bad cops, there's mythologies yeah. around it. But specifically, the way that it works, like, within the unions and the way that they protect each other, it, is, it literally is a, like, us versus them role that you take on i hate play, that which is not what it should be you, the the two people this might this might be problematic for me to say but i fucking believe this and i don't give a shit if you disagree with me then email me or something and let's talk about it yeah but i think that the two identities that are the closest alike that are completely aligned are a uh, a teenage or a young a young male black male specifically uh sometimes asian or, or latin that is the the descendant or a close relation to gang members and is also going to join a gang or become part of a gang and then the young cop the new the new police cadet they are the same exact person yeah you're just joining two different sides yes they're just on two different sides but they're both they they have to they have to live by the same rules they both can't snitch on the bad ones they both are part of a problematic system that they didn't initially create, but they have to perpetuate and, and live through mm-hmm. to survive because mm-hmm. they think that's the way they have to survive. They think this is the role they have to play. And and then we and we have this whole argument. It's, oh, not all of them are bad. So, like, you know, we say not all, you know, not all young 
black uh, gangsters are bad, which probably not. There's probably some who are doing it just to be like, this is my family. This is my unity. This is my community. This is my city. Bam. Cool. Then there's a bunch of cops who probably went out there and said, I just want to help and save people. But guess what? You're a, you're a minority within that group. There's a large part of that group who's like, no, I'm part of a fucking group and a, and a gang and a, a, a powerful force that has that controls an area. For gangs, it's streets, it's cities, it's districts, it's, it's, the, it's certain communities. For cops, guess what? They have the precincts, they have the districts, they have the streets, they have the communities. Yeah. They, both are, they both are doing, it's like a gang war between like, uh, cit- like regular gangs and citizen gangs, you know, of the community, and then also these police gangs. Uh, and so like they both are just fighting each other. Yeah. And they both got guns, they both got uniforms, they both have... <laughs> and when you're playing that character and you're in that role, you can't help but think that you are right, no matter what. Because, like, yeah, you might be able to see the nuance of it, but you're in character. You're playing this role and you're like, this is the role that I'm playing. This is me. Like, you identify as the character. Like, and what I'm, what I'm thinking is, like, what if the roles we play instead of cops and robbers is just you and me like and our motivation behind our actions and our dialogue shifted away from how do i be the best police officer i can be how do i be you know the truest like gang member i can be and and how can i help make sure that everyone in a situation gets home safe but it, see it's, that's too hard because you're gonna like i said you're the minority there's probably a lot of people that are part of that group whether it be police or robbers or criminals or whoever it is whatever the opposite is of cops right now it's right. basically everyone's well we'll say like cops and criminals let's say cops and criminals yeah the, but to, the whichever how you got to that point or like they they can't really challenge it or be you or me or you know identify with themselves within and not the role because there's too they're too deep in they're, they they've gone yeah. too deep and they can't get out of it i go nobody i wouldn't want to challenge like i wouldn't want to be the one guy in the gang or one guy in the police force who's like you know what all of you were all doing bad like all they're going to do is either fire you frame you kill you or hurt someone that you love and that's for either group or either side. Yeah. Well, there's something that you brought up that that we were talking about this before the show that I want to bring up because it made me think of it right now. And it's the idea of, you know, being the one, let's say you're the one liberal white person or open-minded, progressive, whatever you want to call it, um, white person with like five rednecks and they're all saying something kind of like, you know, racist. Yeah. And are you going to be the one in that moment when you're outnumbered and outgunned to stick up and say, Probably you know not. what, I don't think that's okay. I can safely say for myself, I've never been in that situation. You've never been in a situation where you spoke up or you've never been in a situation where everyone is like that? I've never been in a situation where, let's say, there's five people all saying something like kind of crazy and I've been the one guy to stand up to it. Never once. Now, I don't know any situation on top of my head where that was the situation and I didn't stand up, but I can say for certain that there was never a time when I was like, you know what, guys? That's okay. Maybe it's just because I wasn't given the opportunity. I'd have to, I'm going to have to you, think about that. I see. I, I'm gonna, I find that hard to believe, though. I, I feel like you probably weren't sitting in a room where there was five people like, we hate black people. I don't, yes, I know that did not happen. But I know there has to be a time in your entire white life, 20-something odd years, I know that there has to be a moment where there was probably four or five white children or white teenagers with you and they probably were like oh <laughs> yeah like i don't know african booty sh- shaker or something i don't know they might they made some kind of joke or probably made some kind of innuendo that was probably racist probably misogynistic 
probably Islamophobic, probably homophobic, something. And I bet you didn't. I bet you were like, hold on, pause. Everybody, you're all pieces of shit. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying I've never done that. I can oh, okay. Say, I, say thought, I thought you that. were saying that you never were put in that position. No, I'm saying I'm saying like whether it's because I I wasn't in that position or because I didn't speak like whatever the circumstances were. I know that I've never stood up to that. I, and I'm I'm saying that it did happen. Yeah, I probably it happened because it happened for me. I know there's so many times I didn't say anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I'm not gonna lie, but like, granted, some of those moments it was a life or death situation. True. If I fucking say something, I got to be ready to fight this whole motherfucking bar. You know, I'm in Bakersfield, California. Everyone's sitting there like, you know, they ready, they ready to lynch a motherfucker. So it's like, do I just pretend like I didn't hear anybody in this bar or do I pop off at Jim Bob and, and Billy Bob, the twin hillbilly brothers, and, <laughs> <laughs> and get in this huge fight? So, like, there's a lot of times I didn't say anything. So people don't understand. There's, there are those moments, too, where, where you, I can't play the role. There's nothing I can do to play that role. I, w- I would say it's the equivalent, uh, an unfortunate equivalent of being a female or being a woman and uh, being in a situation where uh, a bunch of men or something are being problematic. What is she, what, like, in that moment, what power does she really have to, like, stand up against all of them? They physically could overpower her or that's, that's a very intimidating situation. So, I, like, that, that's, that's happened to me a lot when I was around, you know, a bunch of people in Bakersfield. I felt like I was like, I guess now is not the time to do this fight because I have, I don't have the I can't beat everybody up, and I tried you know I had those moments where I wanted to fight every damn body, but I was like I'm, I can't I don't have enough energy and I can't I'm not that good of a fighter to be whooping everybody's ass. <laughs> yeah, so, you got to be like Luke Cage, Bruce Lee level, like to take. take yeah, I got to be invincible. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah. And and you know, I think that that's where it's like I'm cha- I want to challenge everybody everybody to look at the roles that you're taking in your in your life in your job in your society and ask yourself like what happens if i stop playing this character like 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 specifically with the police and criminals and all this stuff like we need to stop thinking of it as we need to stop thinking of it as criminals and cops cops and robbers we need to stop thinking of it as so cut and dry and then move past that to the point where it's like we're all human beings regardless of what our jobs are regardless of what our you know roles are that we're playing and get to the point where it's like basically basically what i'm trying to say is when we step into the role society writes for us we give up a certain amount of agency we need to be better improvisers we yeah. need to be better at improvising in the moment and thinking outside of the box is like pre-written like i know people love to Heart back to well, this is the way it's always been. This is the way the founding fathers wrote the Constitution. It's a dead document. Fuck the it founding fathers. It, it you can appreciate somebody and also tell them to fuck off at the same time. It's hard <laughs> to do, but it is possible. It's a skill. <laughs> I feel like you've mastered it. Actually. Yeah, it's like I'd be like, "Bitch, go to hell," but I love you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I see you as the person that you're talking that's being spoken to. How do you respond to that? I feel like it's you like, gotta take take the compliment. Take the criticism and the compliment. When someone gives you criticism, you don't dwell on it and sit there and be stuck in that. Because then guess what? That means you're going to stay uh, perpetuated in doing what the thing I just criticized you for. So I can criti- right. I'm going to criticize you next week. 
If I tell you you're not doing a good job and you continue to be like, okay, not doing a good job, guess what? I'll tell you next week the same thing over and over again. But if I told you you're not doing a good job and then the next week you do better, guess what? I won't say that the next time. But it's hard, right, in the moment to not be defensive because when you become defensive, then all you're doing is you're being like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, instead of taking the note. You can be defensive, but you also have to hear someone out. Like, because I will admit I am a defensive fucking person. That so, is true. I can so, confirm that. <laughs> yes. I, I will have I will have a rebuttal, baby, and I'll be ready to cut somebody out. Yeah. And, uh, specifically <laughs> white people, because y'all be acting y'all be acting foolish sometimes. I know. But I will also I've also heard you and listened to what you're saying, and I will try to be like, oh, okay, well, I see where we can figure this out. A lot of times it even results in me coming back to a conversation and being like, oh, I can see where I was problematic, or I apologize for how I came off at that moment. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm going to reflect a lot. But that's why I'm so adamant about being against these roles that, that, that you're bringing up. Like, I, I do believe they exist, but I have moved into a place in my life, I think, that, and this might be detrimental to how I, how I uh, move in certain spaces. It's a positive thing for me, but detrimental to, to how I'm perceived in society because I'm challenging stereotypes. So when I am in the manager role at a job, I can't, I can no longer just turn it off and be just a manager and talk down to people and be like, these are my employees and I'm the boss and I'm in charge. Manager coming through and all of that shit. That's some bullshit. These are human beings. These are people with jobs. They are my equals and I, and I care about them and I, and I want to make sure they're good and comfortable. So when I walk into work, it's hi, how are you doing? And I actually mean that. And if I have to fire someone, it doesn't feel fucking good. I don't feel like I have power. I don't feel like I did something great. I don't feel like, oh, yeah, I finally got rid of that person. Hell fucking no. It sucks. I just ruined someone's life. And I basically, and like, and, and, and so like, it's, I, I can no longer just turn it off and be in that role, which ends up, it, in turn, it makes me probably, a, I feel like it's, it's helping me aspire to become a better person to others. But it makes me a shitty fucking tyrant. Well, that's what I'm saying. It makes me a like, shitty fucker. So, like, <laughs> I, I just can't. I'll never be able to be a Donald Trump. Like, I fucked that up for myself. Well, that's what I was thinking. You said it's detrimental. How is it detrimental? Like, do you? Do it's you, detrimental to prob to problematic institutions. It's not detrimental to me. Does it? Does it? Does it affect your ability to work within those institutions? Is that, I guess that's what I'm asking. It it affects my ability to shut up and just take and just do it because that's the way it is. Mm. I'm not. A, I'm not a. That's the way it is, or it's always been this way. Person anymore. Yeah, people don't like when you question things in whatever institution you're in. Yeah, you know, I'm all about change and and movement and and things got to grow. Like that, the world does not operate that way. The world does not operate like as much as we want to be conservative. I hate to fucking break it to you. It doesn't exist. Everything is fucking moving. When Tuesday is over, Wednesday begins. When the sun sets, the the, the moon becomes uh, visible. And so, like, you know, we go from night to day. We go from, you know, the, from one month to the next. We go from one year to the next. Like, time keeps moving. So, therefore, you cannot stand, you cannot, everything will not stay the same. It cannot be to make America great again. You cannot go back to 1997. You cannot go back to 1963. That shit is over. There's only one. And we move past it and we're done. We're not going back. 
No matter how hard you try, Billy Bob, with your two teeth, <laughs> you and your uh, twin brother, your twin racist brother, in the fucking Alabama with your fucking MAGA hats, we cannot go back to whatever you want. I'm sorry. I am not going back to slavery. I am not going back to a pre-civil rights era. I will whoop your ass before that happens. Amen. So, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You can, you can tote Donald Trump all you want. You can try to put all these subliminal things like, I'm not racist, but... Or I'm just saying you can do all of that bullshit you want to, but I'm gonna hate. I hate to fucking break it to you. There's gonna be more Pete Buttigiegs. There's gonna be more Kamala Harris's. There's gonna be more Joe Bidens and Bernie Sanders. There's gonna be Elizabeth Warrens coming out of all angles, yeah. all everywhere. Look at AOC. Like it's getting it's getting so deep. It's women of color now coming at y'all. So I hate to break <laughs> it to you, Mister Conservative. Shit is changing and shit is moving. And it's I, like George Clooney says in uh, in Up in the Air. He says, "We're not swans. We're sharks. If we don't keep moving, we die." Yeah, that is our. That's the world that we live in. Th- times are changing. Yeah, and everybody needs to understand that. And I think it's stressing everybody out, rightfully so. But it's like, all you can do is adapt. Or die. That's it. So it's like basically, uh, in in the essence of roles, like now we're like you're in, you're gonna enter like these legendary statuses, and like you're no longer gonna just be a knight. We have moved on to paladin now. And then once you move on from paladin, <laughs> yes. you're like fucking like guardian or something. I don't know, something cool. You know, you're like a legendary character. Like you're gonna continue to progress. You don't go back. Yeah. Unless you Time start a whole new up. character. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and so. Yeah, And so I, I just want to leave everyone thinking about how would erasing the roles and the archetypes and the stereotypes that we fall into rewrite the stories we're telling. That's what we're talking about here. It would change the world. It's going to change a lot of things, but we have to start thinking outside of, of these pre, pre-written roles because I hate to break it to you, the original writer is not that good. Yeah. The, the, the first version of this world and then the first version of America and all of them, you know, the first couple of drafts, they were shitty. I'm sorry. <laughs> the forefathers and all of them, mm, cool, whatever. You guys you guys came up with these, like, cool ideas and you, like, laid the groundwork. But then you also didn't let women be part of anything. You had slaves. You were fucking butthurt about Britain and all of that stuff. So, like, it was it was different. I think a lot, of, a lot has changed now. You know, we got, we got railroads and radios and all kinds of shit. And, so, and before people try to come for me like, oh, well, you're challenging God, I'm not talking about God. If you believe in God, no. guess what? God is writing this all as we're going. But the thing is that it's not, it's not necessarily like God doesn't change. The Bible doesn't change, but how we perceive the Bible and how we treat each other based on the Bible does change. Because at a certain point in history, people use the Bible to justify racism and justify slavery. And they still do it today. And we realize that that was not, that was, that's wrong. Some people did. People Some people are... still stuck on the fucked up chapters. They, they got the wrong spark notes. <laughs> <laughs> they got the racist ass spark notes of the Bible and, and the homophobic spark notes. And that's not, yep. I promise you that's not I what Jesus was talking about. I don't even understand how that got in the freaking summary. You know how? I, I'm going to say it right here. It's because the nasty, sick people who have these dark skeletons that they want to keep in their fucking closet. They lied and tried to tell everybody that those things are bad so that people would not think that because they represent good they don't do those things so that makes me think of you know we talked about binary systems and how those are problematic you know what i really like speaking of role playing i really like the way that dungeons and dragons sets up their character like morality like it's on this scale where it's basically like there's there's like four or i think it's nine quadrants and the scale is like good and bad but then there's also chaotic 
and lawful, and then neutral in the middle. So someone can be, you know, chaotic good, which means, like, they're good, but they're a little, like, you know, you don't know how it's going to pop off. Um, or someone can be lawful bad, which is, like, they have a strict code, and, like, they're also, like, I, evil. See, I, I get that. It's, like, if we were talking about uh, comic books, just for a quick reference, it's, like, the difference between, like, being Catwoman and being the Joker. Like, one is, one is like, a lawful bad, and one is, like, a chaotic bad, because Joker's chaotic, and he just wants to destroy shit. Catwoman's, like, oh, I'm trying to, like, rob, you know, rich powerful people who yes. are assholes and stuff like that she's still the bad guy but she's doing it she's like an anti-hero exactly. and then there's like the chaotic good and chaotic bad like chaotic good to be like i don't know incredible hulk <laughs> just running through shit and, kill, and just fucking up everybody to save the world and then there's like the lawful good who's like superman who's like i must do it the right way you know yeah. so yeah I, right. and i i love i love that i feel like that's how humans should be it's like we need to start thinking more like that like in your game, that's your whole fucking world that you be going into with your World of Warcraft bullshit. <laughs> like, I want to be horde, and like I feel like just because you're in a, you're a horde doesn't make you like a just automatic like an asshole evil bad guy. Like, yeah, the orcs and like the trolls and shit have like bad history and like did some fucked up shit, but like they can save but the so world did the too. Alliance. Yeah. So for context, everybody doesn't know what we're talking about. So world- you, who doesn't know? There are some people. World of Warcraft is a video game. It's a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Role-playing. Let me say that one more time. Role-playing. Yes. Um, and there's two different sides. There's the Alliance, which is like all the like kind of like commonly referred to as like good characters, like the dwarves and the elves and the humans. I love how you have to get all like 4chan explanatory <laughs> on this because you're just like your nerd. <laughs> I zone. gotta hey, I gotta represent my people correctly. Um and then there is the Horde, which is all of the ones that we usually think of. You're thinking in terms of Lord of the Rings of as like the, the bad characters, like the orcs and the trolls and the goblins. Um, there's no goblins in the classic version of World of Warcraft, but they come in later. Um, yeah. And, uh, and undead. And so those are like the, the, the villains that we associate with fantasy. But when you play World of Warcraft, you can pick either side. And they fight each other, but that doesn't mean that the horde is automatically bad. Yeah, because it, it, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. The the actual end of like bad guy of the entire game and all the expansion sets always is like a third entity. Yeah, it's always and, someone and, else. And both the, and both the alliance and the horde have different ways of trying to to stop that person. Yeah, and it's like they, they 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 have different backgrounds, different cultures, and yeah, they're always fighting each other. But at the end of the day, there's always a third enemy. That is looming in the shadows. Yeah. Like every expansion is a different guy. You know, different so monster. It's like, and, but the thing that like, frustrates me, though, is that I feel like I can't off the top of my head think of that many like black video game characters. Mm. Just like, I, I think of, well, the most famous one in my mind is Barrett from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yes. But speaking of roles... Barrett in Final Fantasy VII, which is my favorite fucking game in the entire world. So if I have him critical of it, I am not a fucking neckbeard who's just like, I hate fucking Star Wars. No, I love Final Fantasy. It can do no wrong. But I will call this shit out, is that the character Barrett, when I remember first playing the original and when I played the remake, he'd just be like cursing and angry and... and I'm like, oh my God, come on now. This motherfucking Incredible Hulk black character, like that's what you think of us? The the game? yeah. They kind of fixed it up a little bit in the remake. And he's a little more justified. And he's like talking about the earth and the planet. And he's like a little more artic- articulate. So but would you say that he's like lawful 
or, or no, he's chaotic like, good. He's like chaotic good. Yeah, okay. Definitely. And, uh, you know, someone else, uh, Tifa or someone is like lawful good because they're like, I want to do it the right way and I don't want anyone to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Right. It's it's so weird. Cloud would be lawful neutral, right? Or he's like I'm just or chaotic neutral. Cloud, the I thought you said God. God. I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, we don't even want to get on that one. <laughs> yeah. God is. We already touched on him once. God we'll is chaotic. Everything. Because yeah. uh, because I don't know whoever's in control of the world right now, you are AFK and you need to get back. I think <laughs> your mom or somebody told you to take out the trash and you ain't came back since the beginning of 2020 and shit is popped off. Come back, the world is falling apart. All right, here here's a controversial thought since we're on this subject. I think that God wants us to fix shit ourselves. Yeah. But that's, why that's else not how we, the world why works. Why else are we cast in this movie? Why, why else are we you know, playing this video game? That's not... No, it's like, when have... When, in what situation have you left the Sims to their own devices that they have successfully fed themselves lunch and, like, took the kids to school <laughs> and, like, went to work? My shit... My motherfuckers be dying and shit. They be going... And, like, you know, <laughs> catching on sim- fire. What's the Sim language? Is it, like, Simese? What is it called? Simonyms? I don't know. I know the money was like simoleons. Ooh, that's interesting. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Sims is Sims is still popping off. Sims fans, hit us up. Let yeah. us know. We that, that's a game where you pick you pick your roles and you pick your characters and you can make them look just like you. You can make them look like somebody you fantasize to be. But in Sims, you're playing the role of God, aren't you? Like controlling these people. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of you're playing. I always thought of myself as like the conscience. Oh, I'm playing the conscience. Cool. I'm not playing God. God still be like, God is like my mom. Because <laughs> I'll be playing a game, my mom's like, you got to take out the trash. I'm like, oh. And then everybody dies. I'm like, see, I didn't want that to happen. I was trying to save y'all, but then like the higher powers interfered. So what's your favorite? Your favorite game is, is Final Fantasy VII? My favorite game series is Final Fantasy VII. Or Final Fantasy. Sorry. Final Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. My favorite series is Final Fantasy. Favorite game of all those is Final Fantasy 7. 10 is a close second. 9, 8. And then we can go down the list. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Bing. And I don't really fuck with 13, 14, 15. They're yeah. great, but. Mm, well, 15 is like one of those prequels. games that is like really fun when you're playing it, but you don't. there's not enough there to really like have it in, encapsulate a world outside of itself. Yeah. Unless you're like going deep on the characters, and a lot of people do. I, I, I for me personally, that's all I can say, is that it, when I'm in the game, it's fun. But it, to me, it's more about playing the game than it is about the, the the characters. Whereas I would say other ones have deeper and richer stories because that was more of the focus. Yeah, and that's it, that's what like role playing games are so deep. My my favorite will always be Japanese role playing games. I'm obsessed with them because. They really harp on the story, and they they focus on character and telling these cool themes, and they always use uh, cool like allusions, like um, biblical allusions and and mythology and stuff like that to to relate to all their different characters. Like in Final Fantasy, like you can summon all of these different like monsters or different like uh, powerful guardians, and they're all based on like real life uh, mythological characters or or divine creatures yeah from all different um from all different backgrounds too like there's shiva and then there's also bahamut yeah know, and, which are like two different and, cultures yeah and ifrit and uh yeah. 
Yeah, there's just like so many different cool ones. And so like it's like all based on different cultures from all around the world. So I'm like, oh, this is so interesting and neat. Well, and I, I like American je- uh, RPGs too, but most of the time the stories are all the same. Like that's when you start to get the mass effects and everything like that. I'm like, mm. oh, like it's just about humans being like the heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really necessarily go into the backstory and the flaws of the characters as much as maybe Japanese RPGs do. Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah, I think I think Japanese goes back and like deeper into storylines. They're not so much based on just Lord of the Rings. Mm. I feel like when it comes to American RPGs, they're based on like straight up Lord. Like they're like, oh, this is gonna be just an, another iteration of Lord of the Rings, which is also one of my favorite uh, books and movies ever. But yeah, like I can't help but be like, there's the white guys, which are the elves, the dwarves, and the humans. And then mm-hmm. there are the people of color who are the orcs and the urukai and, and fucking the goblins. Yeah, pretty much. It's like there's <laughs> no there's no black humans in Middle Earth. Not, not in the movie, not in the books, not in nothing. It's like all the people of color are like all like monsters. And I'm like, that is not that. accidental seeing that Je- Tolkien is from what lived in South or lived in Africa at some point. So. Mm. Oh, that's a okay. That's a whole yeah. Other thing. He living in apartheid South Africa. He probably like yeah. He thinking black people orcs or something. I don't know. That's what I took it as. I still love the series and like obviously my one of the genres I love to write is fantasy. So one of your problematic faves. We've yeah. all got them. I have too many of them. But um, yeah, so that's why I, Japanese RPGs, Lord of the Rings. That's my jam. Do you, when you, what's your favorite, do you prefer games where you play a specific character or do you like games where you make your own character? Like, cause now the open world thing is very popular. I like, I like playing specific characters. Yeah. You like that better than like making your own? Yeah. Because how can I make my own? It has to be based on something. I'm not finished. Mike yeah. Thompson's not a finished product. So I don't even know what I would like, what my, what my finished character will be. I can make someone similar to me, but most of the time if I have to play a game where I have to create a character, and like make up everything for them. I'm gonna base it off of another video game character or mm. someone, you know, a character I've written in, written in like a, a screenplay or something. See, I've never thought about this before, but like I, I've always struggled with like starting Dungeons and Dragons like campaigns. Like I've only ever played like one one game or two in a row, and I think it's part of that. It's like I just for someone who wants to be a writer, I struggle with like that that creative process it, like in that moment because uh, for me it's like if I'm gonna make a character I want it I want to explore it more in depth so I want, I'm gonna write it down I'm gonna I want it to be my character and it's like it's hard for me to play a character that I haven't like written yet if that makes sense maybe yeah. that means I'm bad at improvising I don't know yeah I mean I I think. That it's like that's what it's like for anyone. Well, any, anyone plays games. Like it's it's really hard to just come up with someone because you want to make them perfect, and then after playing for three hours, you're like, wait, I want to change them again, and then I go back to the character creation. Screen. I know. I feel like I spend then, <laughs> more time creating a character than I do playing the game. Yeah, and I just spent like twelve hours just creating a new character. Yeah. Over and over and over again. I'm like, I need to replay this game. I need to start over now. Like, in World of Warcraft, we call them like your main character and then your alt. Your mains and your alts. Yeah. Yeah. See, imagine if in our real world, we could have alts. Oh, we'd be switching to them all the time. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, my main is Mike, the black guy. Because I, you know, I've played with that one for so long. I played with him for like 30 something years. Like, I just know this character like the back of my hand. But uh, every now and then I just switch to like 
you know, my Asian 14-year-old, like, uh, <laughs> K-pop fan, like, because <laughs> yeah. like that's fun. Simple like, life, some, yeah, you know? simple life. I just want to like, I just want to listen to music and like love my culture. And then like every now and then I'll like switch to like my Wall Street banker guy, like <laughs> so I can just deal with white privilege and like live successfully. Just but, do a bunch of coke and you know, damn, love New York. Damn, that's what they do. That's what you're saying. They all do. That, like, you well, I'm just thinking of that. Um, uh, there was a parody of La La Land, and it was like New York Land, and it's just like bankers just railing lines of coke and just being well, like well for I wall street is... actually yes that is the that is the new york la la <laughs> land. La yeah. la land. Well, what would it be called like yo-yo land i don't know wall wall land seems pretty, i guess pretty easy <laughs> Ugh, i didn't like that movie yeah you know what movie was fired though the hamilton oh Love. I don't know what to call it. Is it the Hamilton filmed Broadway production? I mean, the it's Hamilton just movie? The, the, yes, it's the Broadway, it's the cinematic film of the Broadway rendition of Hamilton with the original Broadway cast. I yes, don't know. That's what you said. Yeah. <laughs> that. Okay. So I need to, I need to, I need to be upfront that I was kind of against Hamilton. Not because I thought it was bad, because everybody liked it. And I was like, ugh, I can't. It's, I've always been this way. When I have a bunch of white friends, it's like, oh my God, Mike, you have to listen to Atmosphere. He's the best rapper ever. Like, oh, you have to listen to Logic. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I don't, the last thing I need is a white person trying to tell me what hip-hop thing I need to listen to just because you've discovered hip-hop yesterday. And so... <laughs> But we're just excited. But, ugh, will, will take, tone it down a little bit. I can confirm, though, because you totally did this with Game of Thrones. And then once you started watching Game of Thrones, oh, you were you were. And we it. know why, because what I just talked about earlier, I, how I feel about fantasy and, and Lord of the Rings, that's the reason why I was like, ugh, I don't want to talk about Game and of Thrones. And the way that Game of Thrones ended, arguably, you were kind of in the right. I told you. I was like, <laughs> see, you got all excited, and that's why you got your feelings hurt, because it's bullshit. Oh, I was so mad, but that's a whole other thing. That's a whole nother day. But... Hamilton was hands okay. I started off all mad, and you know, and I was still like, I don't like that all these people like it. Oh, you started off, you were like, This is corny. Oh, I don't like I it. I still think there is a lot of it is very corny, yeah, but because that, it's a, at the end of the day, it's a musical. Musical theater is okay. Pretty hold cheesy. on, full pause. I don't think musical theater is corny, though. I do. I will, I will, I will stand by that. See, I don't think that I think musical theater is, is revolutionary. Everything okay. we do in life should be musical theater. Think about how more fun everything we do like if uh a, i don't know they announced like the new covid re- uh 19 restrictions but it was in song and dance i'd be like oh everybody putting on masks they'd be like dun, 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 i got my mask on like it it would be way better if we could present bad information and negative information with uh song and dance okay i'll give you this hamilton is both cheesy and revolutionary at the same time and it is legitimately revolutionary at least i thought so like explain okay it starts off and you're like oh yeah like this is cool you know hip-hop and you know it's you know lin-manuel miranda playing this character that you know we know from history and i didn't really know anything about hamilton or alexander hamilton really much at all other than he's on the ten dollar bill and he got shot um Obviously, I know a little more than that, but at the time, I, I didn't. He's on a ten dollar bill, isn't he? Isn't that him? <laughs> yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, Which, we wouldn't even have like a treasury if it wasn't for him. But like, he got the fucking ten dollar bill, right? But see, I forget this, and so I'm like, what did he do? And then obviously, you watch the show. But the more that it starts going, getting into it, and the more that you see all of these characters playing, like 
playing these parts, you start to see them, and I know you think this too, you start to see them as those, as those characters, those, those people from history. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like seeing George Washington come out stage, like once you're established that's George Washington, you start to see him as George Washington. Like the way and the emotion of, and the power of all of this. And they had me up there like, I'm like, we need a revolution part two. Like, I was, like, fired up with a lot of the shit that this is talking about. And the thing that I had, that I, the context that I have now that I'm thinking, I can't stop thinking about is I watched the, the um, you know, after the show, like, the 30-minute thing, and one of the guy, one of the cast members talking about it, he said that the thing that he really responded to about the, the work was that it's the first time that he ever saw four people of color, like, guys, like, all singing about brotherhood and friendship on, on a you know, in a musical before, like that was revolutionary for him. And so me thinking about that now in the context of this, like, yes, you could say that it's maybe gimmicky if you're being critical of it or like, Oh, you know, there's so many ways you could be critical of it, but just the fact that that's the cast and, and the way that it's all put together is in it of itself revolutionary. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think that's why I, I love it because of that reason. Because it has people that I don't normally get to see uh, in these roles or very prominent roles. And there's a lot of Tony award-winning people of color in a lot of different plays and stuff like that. But most of those plays, they are playing like a slave or a maid or someone that's been on drugs or, you know, they're playing like these, these crazy dark characters dark inside and dark on the outside <laughs> and then they win the awards for that the yeah. same reason the same awards that all the black people win for uh academy awards and if you fucking think i'm not telling you the fucking truth look up every award that a black person has won in the academy awards and do not tell me that they didn't play someone that was a, it was all about their color um so they never played a regular person they played like people like a black person and they won the award for that um and the in Hamilton, it's like they're obviously not playing black people. They're not playing, uh, you know, Latin American people. They're not playing Asian American people. They're not playing any of these roles that that they actually are in real life. They're playing Alexander Hamilton and George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Marquis de Lafayette and like like all these different people that. I guess we're white. I don't know. We don't know. They probably rewrote history. They probably actually were all these races this whole fucking time. We, yeah. And Hamilton is like a secret underground, like we deep don't state know. George Soros program. <laughs> but we don't know. We don't know. But yeah, they're just seeing all these different races and different people and ethnicities playing all these roles. And that's not the that's not even the main point of it. I was like, oh, I can watch this. I was like, TV would look great if this is what TV always looked like. And that's why I understand the racist little white boy out there, you know, that's like, oh, my whole, like, existence is, like, going to be ruined in my future. And it's like, I mean, maybe. Because, like, more women and people of color are going to be in shit. And it sucks. because It, it's it just be, means we have to be better. Yeah. But uh, I guess be that's, that's, that's scary. It's like, oh, I have to be actually really good as opposed to just, like, passable good. Yeah. If there was only 100 roles available and usually 90 of them go to white men and you are afraid that all that that's going to change and now you're only going to get 25 and the rest are going to be spread out between everyone e- equally and fairly. Yeah, 
That is exactly what's going to happen. Be afraid that's going <laughs> to that you're going to lose that. But also, that's such a scarcity mindset. That's such a mindset that there's like there's not enough roles and there's not enough jobs for everyone out there. It's like you know what? If that's the case, you need, we need to talk to our people, our fucking billionaires, and be like, where's your you know where's all these magical jobs that you say you're creating? Like, let's get more production so we can get more roles. So then everybody has a fucking role yeah, as an actor. Lie. What what fucking jobs they creating? I know. Let's say the twenty dollars an hour driving for Amazon. Tribes. But the thing that nobody told us about Hamilton, or at least I forgot, was like, the music is so fucking good. Yeah, like, this happens to me with every Broadway play that I I've, I finally watch or go see. I'm like, uh, I mean, whatever, Wicked is whatever, I don't really care. And then I go and see Wicked, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm playing all of the songs over and over and oh, over Oh, we again. were playing it this morning in the kitchen. Oh, yes. Like, I, I can't get enough of fucking... Uh, well, not first. We're not gonna do the Jonathan Goff. Uh, that not that one. That's not the main one. Yeah. It's uh, satisfied. Yes, that shit is amazing. Oh. Uh, it's it's probably the best I think song on the in in the entire play because it's just like one. It's a woman. It's the lead singer. A woman of color. Black woman. I'm like yeah, like the fire. Yeah. But then it has that fucking like breakdown. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I love that. And it's performed by uh, Renee Goldsberry, who is phenomenal in that that role, one. And it like. Playing Angelica. Yeah, Angelica. And I'm just like, oh, this is so, it's so deep what she's talking about without giving spoilers away. Don't read a history book until you you watch (laughs) Hamilton, if you're the person who hasn't seen it yet. Uh, But it's, it's fucking a great song. But next is the, is. Unfortunately, out of all these people of color, of course, I love the fucking song by the one white guy in there. And it's not fair. It's like, it's just, it was funny. So that's why I always keep singing it. But when he's just like, da 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 I can't. That shit is so funny because it's just, he's so salty and shady. And I'm just like, that's such a great depiction of of Great Britain and the King of England and stuff at that time. So it's like, it. It also makes me think about just any type of oppressive force. So, like, oh, yeah. I think of racism. Being, he's racism. He represents sexism. He represents homophobia. He represents all the things. Well, the classic line is, you'll be back. Yeah, you'll be back. <laughs> I'm like, it's basically so true. Yeah. He was like, the like America was like, oh, we're so righteous and perfect. And he's like, bitch, wait. Just <laughs> wait. Give yourself you'll some time. Back. You're going to do some shady shit just like the fucking what I taught you. It's so true because it's like, yeah, and and it applies today too. It's like, like you know, white people like me right now are being like, oh, you know, this is a big issue. He's just sitting in the corner being like, you'll be back to do some problematic shit. Yeah. Just, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then we have to, I mean, give it up to Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, that song was stuck in my head all day today. The um, What's the name of it? Uh, I believe it's called Can't Wait. Or wait for it. Wait for it. Wait that's for right. it. Wait yes, for that it. shit is good. That it sounds like it would be like with a little bit of editing. It sounds like it could be like a pop song. Like it could be like a song. Like it's a yeah, it's song just that's like radio I'm right like now. I'm. I mean, there's a version that Usher does. Yeah, and that sings. sounds so it's like a pop song. But yeah. it's just I'm like, oh my god, Hamilton is hitting all the fucking marks. But oh, the thing that pisses me off is because there's a lot of white people and stuff like that are like, oh my god, you mean to tell me musicals with people of color are amazing? I'm like, bitch, we've been making musicals for years. Right. So that's that's where my frustration comes because it's like everyone is excited that 
things can sound a little bit different than uh, Jonathan Goff's song. Everyone's everyone's used to that. That's every fucking play they listen to. And then now they're like, oh my God, you mean it kind of has like a hip hop flair to it and like urban feel? And I'm like, oh, honey, baby, there's a whole chitlin circuit of fucking plays that are, are more ratchet than I will ever be. Well, you even said this morning, you're like, like we've been sleeping on Lin-Manuel Miranda because there's, the, there's that line in Satisfied where he's like, uh, you're going to have to do it, uh, where he's like, I, you strike me as a woman who's never been satisfied. Yeah, the way, the way how he, he says it, yeah. satisfied. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> Ooh, he gave me like that 90s like, R&B, like, I'm, I'm a sex you up type fucking. I was oh, like, yeah. Lin-Manuel, look at you, man. <laughs> See, that's why he got a ponytail. He can have a ponytail because, I mean, he, I think he cut it. it off now because it was only for Hamilton. But That's true. It, he could rock it anytime he wanted to or do whatever he wants to because he's fucking, he's amazing. Well, you were saying that he should write all the Disney movies now. He should write every single one. Him him and whoever fucking wrote the, the, the married couple that did Frozen, they can write everything. Now, that makes me think of uh, our other roommate showed us this tweet that someone had uh, yesterday that was like, oh, you know, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda is still like selling out to like corporate interests and like, let's not like, glorify him because like all of the actors in Hamilton or all not all the actors all the characters in Hamilton like aren't you know actual people of color and all this stuff and what like trying to fuck? comfort him yeah for this they, so I guess he means that they're not they're not playing people of color yes oh heaven forbid <laughs> oh my god like it's not like like the fact that you know the people that they're playing, I guess, are problematic means that we shouldn't celebrate the people playing them. See, that's the person who I told you who can't, who is too focused on, like, the roles. Yeah, you're playing the role. That is someone playing the role of a social justice warrior trying to take down something that, like, is all done by. And I and I get there's a capitalist angle to all of this, but, like, like this is something that's done by entirely people of color. Like... And no, I'm not going to like write when Lin-Manuel off because he did the one thing that all these other fucking rich white people are doing. Like, oh, he worked with Disney. So I got to I got to say no to him. Then that's you want him stupid. To do, be poor his whole every, life. Every time a person of color tries to work with a major corporation, we have to ignore them and not give them any power. So then the major corporations never want to work with them what ever about, again. What about the 9000 other white people that work with? Like, we should cancel them first. It should be a line, you know? Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> see, that's that's that that's a uh, secretly veiled racism. It's like, oh, People of color and women should not uh, can't do any of the, the things that uh, wealthy rich white men do because that's problematic. So then, yeah. therefore, they basically tell us, "Yo, you guys can't be president because if you're president, then you're a sellout. Oh, you can't be a CEO because if you're a CEO, CEOs are bad. It's like, no, you just don't want me to be it because you know I'm gonna change that shit and make it better. Mm-hmm. Tell me I'm wrong because Hamilton fucking blew every other Broadway play out of the water. Nobody wants that Hamilton to happen to the government. Nobody wants Hamilton to happen to their corporation. Nobody because that shit will happen. The minute you put black people in it, you're no longer wearing fucking uh, little uh, leather hats and, and throwing wigs, around pigskins. Well, I'm talking about. Football in particular, you know, oh. like your your whole outfit <laughs> fucking changes. You're no longer wearing like these leather hats and like have little pigskins. Now it's all niggas running around that field and tearing football up. And they buff as hell. Same with basketball. Basketball was all white guys, and the minute you let them black people up in there, but well, he was th- seven feet tall, dunking on motherfuckers. And so there's <laughs> there's still the sports that they make sure black people don't get in, involved with or people of color because you know we'll take it over, yeah. like polo or something. I don't know. Oh, or golf. 
Yeah, golf. He got he got the two or three one. Okay, my personal opinion is that we should like someone should reclaim all of the golf courses that oh are out God. there and give them back to black people for reparations. It's just too much land. Like, what the is fuck a, we gonna do with it? I, I mean, we'll give it back to the indigenous people then. Give it back to the yeah, Native that's Americans. we should give it to. Let's give it back to them because they, it's like that's just so shit. much land. It's such a waste. That's such a like, ugh, like one percenter. Sport. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's though, white supremacist. I think. If they can't put on a fucking face mask, they're not about to give up their entire golf course. That's like telling, <laughs> yeah. you're telling Donald Trump, Mr. Donald, sir, um, I know that you want to build a wall to keep people out and, <laughs> and you're very inherently like racist and, and, and sexist and, and you're a whole problem. But I was wondering if you'd be willing to give your golf course up uh, to give back to indigenous people. He'd be like, see, I haven't been riding for Donald Trump ever since he tried to make a golf course in Scotland and they tried to fight him on it. This was way back in 2012. Or well, he so was that. doing too much of that because those are the original white people. So they like, <laughs> they like, hold pause. Wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, you. We said you'll be back. Da 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 da. We didn't yeah, yeah. mean here. But you didn't mean we didn't. Like you could come back, but we didn't mean here. Like that's why. The, <laughs> That's why Europe is like put a travel ban. They're like, uh-uh. We yeah. we don't want y'all back. Y'all are the worst type of white people. <laughs> y'all I the did, ones we left. I saw a tweet that was like, America is the Florida <laughs> of the world. You know, so that's pretty accurate. Yeah, they're like, we're gonna drop these motherfuckers off. <laughs> and we we ain't gonna tell them that that we don't really like them. We're gonna call them pilgrims. <laughs> and just let the, the the shitty cousins live there. What um, did you think about the way that it was filmed? I actually think like shouldn't they do all broad? Shouldn't they film all broad? Oh plays yes, like they that? should. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, between Hamilton and Beyonce's Homecoming, this shit is better than movies. And they mm. both are, you know, they both are musical productions that have been filmed and produced and released by Netflix and Disney. And we know that it's gonna be a long time before these places reopen. And one of the issues with that is that like right now, a lot of the people who work in Broadway aren't allowed to get unemployment insurance because of New York uh, New York law. That, so they should basically still do live productions and then film it and then like they would sell have to, it. They'd have to quarantine together, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you could do that. You could do that. Well, yeah, once they finish filming the production, yeah, they like, can. They, if, if, but they you're can already restrict, working on a production for like six weeks or eight weeks, and or they can test them is. and shit. I, you know, rich people got a vaccine. Stop lying, rich people. I know your ass got a vaccine. <laughs> give it to Broadway. So yeah, we can give film it to Broadway because I know they going because I want to see them do some more shit. Give it to the musicians and shit. Give it to Beyonce. But yeah, this is amazing. Like, I think that this should happen because think about how revolutionary that this is now out there for people to see. When as before, it was like a 1% type of thing where you had to be able to drop like $1,000 plus on tickets and, you know, go a certain weekend and you have to be in New York to see it and all that stuff. Now it's like everyone can see it. Which, see, that, that's what pisses me off. Because the price of Hamilton tickets and how hard it was to see Hamilton of, uh, was like, that's... That's what kind of like it was gentrified. It was a gentrified play because he, I bet you, he made it because he wanted that people like that look like him to feel like we can do this too. I, I bet you that's what he, the reason why Hamilton yeah. was created. But now people who look like him can't even go because they can't afford the motherfucking expensive ass tickets. Yeah, they had. I know they had like lotteries and shit like where like you could like get them for cheaper prices or something like that and things like that. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Too. Yeah, there's there was ways because they had to because if not, it's just a bunch of rich white people going to get see it and it's like and the it's poor just people pro- don't even so get to problematic. See it. Yeah, it's like yeah. Or not poor. It's people, like uh, people at a certain point to be poor. In a certain point in New York there was a 
like to play like in the 1920s like to play in a jazz club like you had to have an actual like license like like a, the, to approve you to 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 be there as like a person of color like a black person so like you're a black jazz musician in the 1920s you have this license that you have to show it basically says like i'm approved to play in clubs here that's more or less what it is when it's only rich white people that can come see the play yes it's like oh okay so we we get to get into it because you know we we can drop the money but everyone else, but and we get to watch you know the the black people perform for us it's like yeah it's like the fucking chuck berry situation where he's trying to like go into a fucking nightclub that he just performed at and they're like no you can't come in there yeah exactly because <laughs> like you can perform here but you can't come in and, yeah. and drink and do stuff because you a nigga and i think it was renee who said in the after show uh for hamilton um she said like she's excited because now that it's available more widely available like hopefully like new communities, new audiences will get to see it and, and it'll make a big difference for them too. So she's said, I think she said specifically the black, she's excited for the larger black community to be able to see it. Yes. I also, I don't want to uh, overlook uh, Philippa who played Yes, Eliza. Eliza. Holy cow. Because she was great. She Amazing. like, her role, obviously her, her music still sounded like a Disney movie. But I love Disney movies, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, so it's, yeah, but her character was just amazing. And then, like, the, the big reveal at the end, you know, I want, I want, to, I want it to be wholesome and, and fun for everyone who ever watches it. So I'm not going to say what, what the reveal is. Oh, yeah. But it's, I was just like, oh, so cool. I want a part two. Like, can I, now that we did Hamilton, I think we should have the, the Eliza. And I want, yeah. now I want him to finish where that one left off. Yes. And <laughs> let's just let's just show what her and Angelica do and they're fucking adventures challenging uh the patriarchy. Yeah. And I would be a fucking Lynn Manuel, you hear me? That's <laughs> Hamilton too is gonna be the story of uh of Eliza uh Hamilton. So, and I think the best case scenario is just this inspiring a hundred more uh Lynn Manuel Miranda's to pop up. Like, yes, we want Lynn Manuel Miranda to write every Disney movie, but like we also want 10,000 more like Lynn Manuel Miranda's to pop up after this. That yeah. would be great. I want I want it to be commonplace. I want it to be normal. Yeah. Like this is what all plays should look like and be like. So basically like the roles even that we're playing right now like black man in the right world, white roommate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that is that's fun for us to have this conversation and springboard to get to to deeper discussions. But at the end of the day like it shouldn't be that way. Right. I don't... We're so much bigger than these parts that we're even playing right now. So much bigger. And I mean, probably even the people that are listening, like, think of all the roles that you might play, like, roles that you might have chose, the roles that might have been given to you based on your identities. And, like, what do you want to be represented uh, by? What, and how do you want to be perceived? Like, do you really want these roles? Or is this something that you accept or something that you reject? Yeah, maybe look at what that what the roles that you're playing in your life mean and and maybe there's one it's time to drop yeah and then when i guess kind of consider that for other people that you interact with whether it be a black person it be a cop it be a politician it be uh you assuming something about them might play into the role that you play when you talk to them so what role do you play when you're talking to me uh Many. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why we're gonna have to keep doing this because we got a long road ahead of us. Yeah, gotta work on myself. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, or follow our podcast now. For more, check out blackmanrightworld.com and leave us a comment.
But if you're more secretive about your shade, then email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Oh, why are you saying it like that? I wanted to say something else. Well, I don't know. Good, good, say, say it then. <laughs>